Now, the Buckeye Extra Podcast with Rob Aller, Bill Rabinowitz, and Joey Kaufman from the Columbus Dispatch. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Buckeye Extra Football Podcast. It's February 1st. I'm Joey Kaufman, joined by Bill Rabinowitz and Rob Aller. We're going to talk about Ohio State's month of January, which included a pretty impressive haul of transfers who were made available to, to us and other media members around this week. So we got to hear for them, hear from them for the first time since they've been on campus. We touched on a little bit about all their the arrivals of, of Will Howard and Quinchon Judkins, but the, the big name they brought in to, uh, a couple weeks ago was Caleb Downs safety from Alabama. We're just going to kind of look back and, and talk about the, the last month and, and sort of the offseason for Ohio State. I think about a month ago, things were pretty dire around Columbus. So they're coming off the Cotton Bowl loss. See, Michigan won a national championship, but it's early in the offseason. But right now, Ohio State looks to be uh, winning the offseason, sort of the offseason, the January champions, uh, the offseason champions, uh, maybe a preseason one or number two team, uh, so, so optimism has certainly changed around these parts. Well, it's it's it is a much different feel than it was after the Cotton Bowl. Um, that was about as dispiriting a, a performance uh, as you could have. Not just that they lost fourteen three, but that you learned nothing good, nothing at all, really, or nothing good about about your quarterback situation because Devin Brown, the hope was, would go in there and light it up. He gets hurt early. Uh, was ineffective before that. They they you know have to turn to Lincoln Keenholz. So they lose fourteen three. You know it, it just was like where do they turn from here? And you had all those underclassmen that that we were hearing that the tea leaves were pretty promising about them coming back. But you know the lure of the NFL is always stronger than people give it credit for. And so there was a, there was a lot of uh, skepticism that there's a lot of those guys would come back. Well, they did, except for Marvin Harrison and Mike Allen Jr. They all back, all did come back. And then, as you said, Joey, the haul that they got in the transfer portal is is pretty impressive. Um, I mean, for Quinshawn Judkins and a two-time All-SEC running back to come to Ohio State when Travion Henderson is here, that that says something. And that's they probably have the best running back duo in the country now, uh, especially if, if they can stay healthy. And that's been an issue for Travion. Caleb Downs was the best transfer in the available anywhere. Right? He was the highest rated. Period. Uh, and and you got your quarterback, Will Howard. I mean, you may not have the kind of the, the blue chip background of Ohio State quarterbacks recently, but he's proven. Uh, he's a good leader. He's he could run. I think he's what they need. Uh, especially, I mean, you just couldn't go into the offseason with Devin Brown as your incumbent quarterback and and having to count on him. He can still compete, and we'll see how it plays out in the spring. But I don't think that Ryan Day could go into that. Um, you know, with, with Devin Brown as the clear number one. Yeah, the MVP of the January might be Nick Saban. His, his yeah, departure, it his departure to opened, yeah. Yeah, it opened the door. Well, I think McLaughlin was already lead, had already. He was, yeah. Uh, uh, McLa- yeah, yeah McLaughlin. McLaughlin was already in the portal. So he was, right. when Nick Saban announced his retirement, he was not uh, in the room where it happened in uh, Tuscaloosa. Right. But you got That's down, big and, you got, we and we haven't even mentioned saying, who's like the number one quarterback prospect, or he was, right? I think he was number one, uh, yep. number four overall or something like that, just in terms of talent. They're comparing him to, uh, what, Mac Jones uh, a little bit. That's I saw one comparison that was kind of 
He's not a he's not a super runner. I mean, again, he's true freshman coming in. He probably won't get the job unless he's just unless he's unbelievable. <laughs> and even then, you know, to beat out the guy who's done it for four years um, in in Howard, that would be a tall task. And we even talked about Aaron Oland either. Where's Aaron Oland fit in this? But uh, it was quite a haul, as I wrote uh, yesterday. That for Ryan Day, it's like. Not that it's almost hard to believe the expectations could get higher at Ohio State, but now it's like, well, there are people out there like, well, of course we'll win. We better win the national title, and that's that's a little extreme. It's harder to do than just snapping your fingers and having a good January uh, of recruiting a transfer portal. But it did it did raise the expectations, and uh, I kind of think that. There's no reason they shouldn't beat Michigan. There's no reason they shouldn't win the Big Ten. And there's no reason they shouldn't at least win a game or two in the playoff, just off paper, based on January. Yeah, if they yeah, lose, but- lose to Michigan next year, it's it's Armageddon. I mean, Michigan's, you know, they lost Harbaugh, they lost McCarthy, they're going to lose most of the nucleus of that team. The game's in Columbus. I mean, that that is... A must win, except for the fact that it's not a must win the way it was last year because you do have a 12-team playoff and there would be potential redemption. But if you lose that game in Columbus and you don't get another crack at Michigan in the playoff, it's it's I can't even imagine the reaction here. I don't know that that's survivable. But um, look, well, right, Robo, they, they have – uh, I think you used the analogy, the poker analogy. They push their chips to table at the middle of the table, all in. Well, it is all in in the sense that they're making a run for it. It's not all in in the sense that if if they lose, their the program is done. I mean, they're not eliminated, but it's they are certainly not sitting back. They're being very aggressive. Um, and you compare what they got last year for the transfer portal. They got some players. Davis, I think Benoson uh, was a very good transfer. Josh Simmons played left tackle for him. But you're talking about a whole different level of of player that they're getting this year. Yeah. You know, something you said, just it's all speculative. But if they would lose to Michigan next year, first of all, you said Armageddon. I'm not sure they get a shot at the playoff because if they well, lose, yeah, right. I mean, they could, they could they lose, lose to Oregon, the, Penn State, whoever else before they could year. lose. And actually, you could, I know we've talked about if you lose two, you're in. And that's probably true. But if you lose two and one's to a bad Michigan, let's say a not great yeah. Michigan, well, the winner of the Big Ten championship game and the loser of the Big Ten championship game are probably in ahead of Ohio State if Ohio State's not in. This isn't the West versus East anymore where you've got a Northwestern right. or a Purdue. You've got the two best teams. in the. Why would you take an Ohio State? Over the two best teams, even if the even if the, even the loser of the Big Ten championship game, so you've got to, to really assure yourself of making the playoff. I think absolutely assure yourself. You have to make it to the Big Ten championship game, but you also don't have the Pac-12 anymore. So it's it's two main well, conferences and the Big Twelve, which is weakened because Texas and Oklahoma are no longer there. Well, I, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying to assure. Clear. I'm saying to assure yourself because I think yeah. the, I think the two teams in the Big Ten championship game make it more often than not. Oh, yeah. It's always oh shit, certainly. If you certainly. don't make it, there's no guarantee, and that's that's not even saying what happens at Penn State. If you lose three and one of them's Michigan, you're not getting in the playoff. 
It's February 1st. No, but already I'm, outlining playoff scenario. Right. I'm outlining <laughs> the disaster scenarios. Look, I think, I mean, Ohio State is probably, Joey, tell me if you agree. They're going to be, I would guess, number two behind Georgia, and there's a chance they could be number one preseason. I think it's Georgia and Ohio State pick the order, and then probably Oregon. Um, you know, I don't, I don't even know what Alabama's got left. Yeah, Georgia, but, Georgia I mean, having Carson Beck probably gives them a, right. a slight edge over Ohio Oregon, State. But Oregon, Oregon could sneak ahead of them. Could they? They do at the quarterback spot. I think Dylan Gabriel was his is a good quarterback. Yeah. So that's really right now. It looks like Ohio State at Oregon could be the game of the one of the games of the year at college football. Yes, that yeah, uh, yeah. October game at awesome. It's a good thing you guys have already booked your travel. Your uh, what a bed and breakfast and you, you, have not, you know I actually looked it up. You can't book a hotel or can't, you can't book an, a flight yet. It's not at least on on Southwest you can't. But, but we did book our hotel. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. If you if you can't get a flight, it's all it's a drivable trip. <laughs> Remember, we if, you leave, if, you, if, you leave, if you leave Monday, four years ago, we were supposed yeah. to go out there four years ago, and yeah. COVID ended that. Anyhow, it was a, it was a it was a nice way for Ryan Day to get the attack dogs off him. Uh, now, I'm not sure that a lot of people have changed their mind about his his ability to take you all the way, but it helped his cause to have the January he had for sure. It's quieted everything. You guys said that, I mean, the cotton bowl is an embarrassment. It doesn't get much worse than that. And bringing in, we haven't talked about Bill O'Brien, have we? No, no. Bringing in Bill O'Brien as the OC, especially with what's happening in college football. I don't know if you guys agree. I saw Jeff Halfley is leaving. Uh, Boston College become the D.C. at the Green Bay Packers. I'm not sure. I totally believe. I haven't heard him say it. You know, a lot of people are speculating, oh, he's just, you know, it's no fun to coach in college anymore, so he's jumping to the pros. Well, maybe, but the other side is he was 6-6, six and six and he, he kind of was, he was kind of stuck. Uh, so maybe you jump. But regardless, Ryan Day, I think, as he had hinted for at least a year, was looking at becoming more of a CEO type of of guy, and I'm not sure that's his preference. I don't. It probably isn't. I think he likes to play chess, you know, on offense and, and call plays. But had to bring in somebody with NIL, with the transfer portal, with with collective, with all the thing that's going on. Ryan Day, whether he likes it or not, kind of has to keep his eye on that stuff and probably do less coaching, maybe in a sense, at least off the field. Um, so I think that's uh that's a big get for them, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I talked to the two Penn State quarterbacks um who played for him back back in the day, Christian Hackenberg and, and Matt McGloin, two very different quarterbacks. And I mean McGloin was a fifth year senior when O'Brien took over right after the Sandusky scandal, and then Hackenberg won the job as a true freshman. And so two different perspectives, and, and they both raved about him. Uh, um, you know, O'Brien, like most coaches have been around a while, has had success and failure. Uh, you know, he was the offensive quarter of the Patriots last year, and the Patriots were awful. I think that's much more a result of the Patriots having not much talent on offense than Bill O'Brien not knowing how to, you know, call a game. But, um, you know, Bill O'Brien's a respected guy in the game. He's got experience. He's coached under Nick Saban at Alabama. He coached under Belichick in New England. Uh, Ryan Day wanted a guy that he could kind of do with the offense what he did with Jim Knowles in defense. Say, here's, you know, it's your baby. I will be around. And obviously he'll be much more around on offense because that's his expertise. 
but he doesn't want to worry about calling what's second and eight against Indiana. I mean, that's what he kind of had to do. I mean, Brian Hartline was the offensive coordinator, but didn't call plays. You had a quarterback's coach and and Corey Dennis that, you know, was inexperienced. Now he's got a guy who, who has done everything and um, we'll see how it plays out. But on paper, this, this was, I think in Ryan Day's mind, it was a home run hire. It's uh, it's quite a change from a year ago where you had uh, Corey Dennis, your quarterback's coach, and Kyle McCord and, and Devin Brown competing for a job. Now you have a new quarterback's coach, play caller, and, and Bill O'Brien, and, and a new quarterback, and, and, and Will Howard. Uh, Day has sort of been very hands-on with that group, and, and now he has a little more of a veteran presence at quarterback and more of a, more experience at the at the position coach coordinator level as well i uh we got to talk we haven't talked to, to any of the new coaches yet we did talk to the players and it was it was interesting to, to sort of get a feel from these guys in, in a public setting especially will howard he's got a certain rob i think you were around uh will howard's table as well on tuesday but he, he's got some polish he's got some presence he feels like an older mature guy that was sort of the impression that i that i came with from 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 hearing it from him and, and mccord was a lot more understated they talked about how he sort of was even keeled howard seems a little a little louder um at least in front of a microphone yeah i would i would kind of put Howard from just i mean the, the 15 minutes or 20 minutes we had with him polished uh positive i would put him like between uh somewhere between mccord and Devin Brown and personality, just in the little things I saw. Devin Brown, very up, very exuberant, and McCord kind of flatliner level. Um, seemed like Will Howard was in between the two. I was impressed. Uh, said the right things. Didn't seem paranoid. Didn't see, seem at ease. Again, he's he's done this a long time, so that that. that that matters. He may have not had the media at Kansas State that he's going to have at Ohio State, but you know whether it's two people you're talking to or twenty. In a way, I guess that doesn't matter. Uh, I was just impressed with the whole crew. I didn't get to talk to McLaughlin or the uh, tight end, the OU kid, um, but oh, I got her. Yeah, yeah. So, but I heard he was he was good. I heard he was. When I say good, of course, you know, from in our on, on our side of the window, that always means that they're good talkers. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, also just, it just means that they, you know, they can carry themselves well. They can articulate things. That they're just good. I don't want to say good people. You know, you talk to somebody for twenty minutes, we don't know, you know, what's going on really with them. But they came across as solid. Said the right things. And polished. We we split it up so that uh, like Joey and and Rob talked to, to um, Will Howard and Seth McLaughlin, I think, and and I talked to Caleb Downs and Quinchon Judkins, and I can say you know similarly positive things about my first impressions of those guys. Caleb Downs, again, the number one rated transfer in the country, came across as very down to earth, very humble, uh, hardworking. Uh, you know his his. Brothers in the NFL, his uncle was Dre Bly, who was a star cornerback. His dad played at NC State. So, you know, he's not he, – he's a football guy. It's a little bit like Sonny Styles. You know, when guys who come up with with relatives in the game, they're just different. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they just – they're just a kind of a maturity to them, I guess. Or they get. We saw, we, get we saw with we saw with Marvin it. Harrison Jr. Right. Marvin Harrison, of course, of course. So I was impressed with with Caleb Downs. Just you know, somebody said, "Do you think you're like the 
the missing piece of the puzzle. And he's like, no, I'm not going. No, I'm just a piece of the puzzle. And, you know, it didn't seem to be much ego to him. And confidence, yes. And Quinshawn Judkins, I was really impressed with. I mean, I really didn't know anything about him at all. I knew, you know, he's from Mississippi, went to Ole Miss. Um, you know, I wondered how, in body language, how he would react to the questions about sharing a load with Travion Henderson. And he's all in about that. And he had two years of being the workhorse, carrying the ball a ton at Ole Miss. I think he welcomes sharing the load. And that's that's in vogue now in, in college and pro football. You look what the Detroit Lions did with David Montgomery and, and uh, uh, Gibbs. Um, and look what Michigan did with with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. That's I, I think the days of a running back carrying the ball 25 times a game all the time is is. I don't say it's passed because that's what Judkins did, but I think that that's going to be more an exception than the rule. And, you know, I asked him, I said, how will you feel if there's a game and you get 10, 10 carries? He said, as long as I contribute, fine. You know, I mean, he just seemed to be a very friendly, um, non-jaded. You know, that was the other thing. You kind of thought maybe these guys are just pure mercenaries, you know, chasing the NIL money or whatever. I didn't get that sense from any of them. I mean, both of them said the NIL was not a factor. It, I know it was, it had to have been some, but they, it, it wasn't, if you talk to them, it was not the main factor. With Judkins, the thing I find interesting about his background is he ran the ball a lot at Mississippi. He, in, in his first two years there, he combined for 545 carries. I believe it, it was. That's 100, well, by the way, that's a, that's a hundred more than, Henderson had in three years. Yeah. So, I mean, he was only five guys in the country ran the ball more than he did last year. And and probably in a perfect world, if there were no limitations on what guys could declare for the draft, you wonder if somebody like that was, has that much of a track record would just go pro. And he's got probably enough game tape. What what do you, what do you stay in a game by sitting around in college, but he has to stay in college. And so if you have to stay for another year, why subject yourself to to more miles why 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 put in another 250 carry season uh with the nfl around the corner so i think this is probably he's a more manageable workload for him is is probably not the worst thing for his long-term interest plus you get to factor into a team that should be in, in a national championship race old miss has been pretty good but i mean robbie we were talking to him afterwards and he quinshaw was saying that 11 and 1 at old miss is, is like the best season they've ever had Everyone's talking about that, and here you go at Ohio State. You go eleven to one. Uh, people are mad, so I think he was he was sort of enamored by that as well. But I think a more managing workload overall has got to be a, was had to be a sell for him to come here uh, and, and sort of split carries with Travion. Yeah, eleven and eleven and two last year, Ole Miss, and they that's the first time they've ever had eleven wins. Um, <laughs> you know, right. and and so uh, yeah, yeah, he, that you know he he. I think I asked the first question about, you know, why'd you come here? And he said, well, it's, it's got great coaches. It's got great players. It's got a great, your best fan base in the country. I mean, he just went on and on and on. And, you know, I was surprised by how quickly and how fully he kind of embraced everything Ohio State. Again, this is a, a guy who is from Mississippi, played at Ole Miss, you know, had to take all kinds of, you know what from the fan base when he left i mean he was their homegrown star and he leaves for you know ohio and so uh, but he just seemed very happy i mean all these guys seem very happy uh to be at ohio state and didn't i didn't get any kind they, of 
you know, I'm here for as a mercenary feel from any of those guys. They they all had a uh, a presence about them that that, that they, maybe it's just because they're transfers and they've been around the block for a little bit in college football, but they they all felt pretty mature players who had, who handled themselves well. It felt like picking up an NFL free agent or, or something like that, where just some guys who have some experience and know college football at that point and. They're going to be much older than they've they've been. I was uh, updating the, the scholarship, my scholarship chart that I keep track of. The guys are going to have 19 seniors this year, which is more than they've had the, the last few years. They're going to have 26 guys who are in their fourth, fifth, or sixth seasons. So over 30% of the rosters are guys who are, are seniors in school, at least, uh, either retro juniors or above. That's that's different than what they've had. And that was sort of the formula that Michigan used to win a national championship. Washington was a, was a much older team last year. I think that's a that, that matters quite a bit because you're just you have more experience and, and, and it's a talent experience is, is obviously a good mix. So you know, it's always been go ahead, Rob. I was just gonna say that's always been the key, but so who is the most who's the most important or the most impacting of the five or six guys, what was it? Five or six of the of the transfers. Five, that five. Come in. I mean, I, Although, I would be... I would argue first of all, I, I, Chimney Chekwa. I saw this on Twitter, former DB. And I kind of agree with him. That I th- Ooh. that a Bill O'Brien might be the best best most important pickup for them going. Well, are, we, are, we, are we counting doing a coach's category or a player? No, no. I was just I, I'm setting him aside. I'm setting him aside. Okay. He might be the overall best, but. You know, this is a tough one because it's always about the quarterback. But yeah, yeah, I was thinking Judkins. I mean, that's it, Judkins, right? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, they're they're going in with Trevion, who yeah is a good back, but is not you know with the, with his injury issues. What's your what's your Dallin Hayden? That's your yeah. only other option, which we don't really know much about Dallin Hayden. What we've seen, we've liked, but that that's been a mystery in terms of why he hasn't played more. But if you don't bring in that guy, you're down to one back. Oh, man, I don't know. That That's dicey. Again, quarterback's always most important. So you could say Will Howard. But what we don't know for certain, for 100% certain, what we know is Judkins, is, he can play. That guy can run. I mean, and he's a running back. What you don't know about Will Howard is just how good he is. I mean, it's a little bit of a mixed bag with him. The one thing I've said is, and Bill mentioned it, he at least can. He's got some running ability. He can which, escape. Which, which tickle, tickles Rob's fancies. Is a, oh, absolutely. Uh, well, he can extend plays. I mean, you watch JJ McCarthy, who I don't think was great, but what made him special for that team was the ability to to extend plays. That's what it's about. So, yeah. so maybe Will Howard. I think. I think the best player might be don't might be the 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 safety out of Alabama, but they were so stacked already on defense that he is just sort of another piece to the puzzle. He, I, you could, I think you could make a case for, for really any of those three guys we've that, talked about Downs, about Judkins, Howard. I, I think Downs McLaughlin. might be the Even best. McLaughlin. What about right, McLaughlin? That's, that's, a, that's an area, that's an area of need. I think with Downs too, he he's probably the, in terms of the best pure talent that they added through the portal, who will be picked the highest in the NFL draft. You'd probably pick him. I think he also is versatile enough to play multiple safety spots. He also helps in a position where you didn't have a ton of depth, but now you certainly have another piece to the to the puzzle there, and maybe even allows 
Sonny Styles to, to move to linebacker, which helps shore up a, a layer of the defense, which is probably the one spot that you, you lose. You have some attrition, losing Tommy Eikenberg, you're still a chamber. So he, I think, gives you just more flexibility in the in the back seven there. I think Jim Knowles is thrilled to have Kellen Dowds because now he can really mix and match. Because you really be have 12, you have 12 starters on defense, essentially, because, you know, Sonny Styles. Um, is technically a safety. You know, also, is Jordan Hancock technically a safety? And so, they're they're two very different players, but they both kind of play in that slot position. Now, now you can mix and match. If it's a passing down, you put this guy in. If it's a running down, you put this guy in. Um, you keep guys fresher. But I, I mean, I know this is crazy, but I I could almost make the case as somebody mentioned that Seth McLaughlin might be just because this the center position was was a weakness last year. I mean, you know, no offense to Carson Hansman. He, he played probably a year before they expected him to play when Luke Whipler went to the pros. But when you have a center who struggles, that's 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 a huge deal. And assuming that Seth McLaughlin fixes his snapping issues, which I don't think were a long-term issue, it just cropped up at the end of the year. You know, he's a fifth-year senior. He started at Alabama. He's obviously a good player. And I think when you have a center who knows what he's doing and and can really be a leader on the line instead of just trying to figure it out himself, that's it's almost it, it's huge what a difference it makes. And he's going to have Donovan Jackson next to him. And maybe move Josh Fryer inside, uh, assuming that Luke Montgomery or Tegra Shavola can play right tackle. And all of a sudden, this line that was shaky last year looks a lot better. I mean, Josh Simmons should be considerably better in his second year at left tackle. So. I mean, I think the key to this season is the offensive line. And if they can get the offensive line to play at a level that Ohio State's used to, this is a this is a really, really good team. But no off, no offense is is great if you have a bad offensive line. They scored two touchdowns fewer last year per game than they did in 2022. And a lot of that is, you know, you know some of that is obviously losing C.J. Stroud, but a lot of that's the offensive line. Yeah, I certainly think in terms of position of need that they needed to upgrade, offensive line was at the top of the list. I, I think I just want to reserve some judgment for for how good McLaughlin could be when you factor in the snapping issues. But he was he was a good blocker, uh, didn't allow a lot of pressure, didn't allow one sack in three years as Alabama's starting center. So certainly – I think he's going to be an upgrade for them. I just don't know how high the ceiling is yet. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that. Maybe he will be uh, top the the most impactful list. I think it's hard not to ultimately go with Will Howard though, just because of if they if they didn't bring in Will Howard, you look at De- Devin Brown's injury history. He was hurt three times last year: the pinky at the end of spring ball, the 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 first ankle, and in October the other ankle. In the Cotton Bowl, you just wondered about his durability. They didn't have Will Howard. And then you have three freshmen you're, you're picking between this to start. That doesn't put you in a, a really advantageous position to to make a run of the college football. Because you look at all the guys who were quarterbacks in playoff teams. It was it was Quinn Ewers and J.J. McCarthy who were juniors. It was Michael Penix Jr. who had been around the block certainly for a few years in college football. I think the hope with Will Howard is by the numbers at Kansas State, it, it wasn't especially gaudy, but they were, they were pretty good. I mean, last year was the first time he completed more than 60% of, of his passes in his career. I think what you were hoping for is a situation like Penix or Bo Nix in Oregon, where they were solid, but, but, but not always consistent at their pass stops. And they transfer and sort of as they're at that super senior, when they're a super senior, the last year of eligibility, they really take off. And I think that's what probably Ohio State is hoping for, for Will Howard to, to get him a better supporting cast 
get him in a better structure overall and, and have him take a leap. That's what they, they're hoping for. Remember Devin Brown got hurt in pregame against who, <laughs> Michigan State or somebody? I mean, Minnesota? <laughs> Michigan he State. Hurt, I, it was actually four, right? He, so, well, he, it was, he aggravated the same injury. He had been okay. recovering from the ankle injury. Then he then he hurt it again. And, and you could just sort of hear your day at the, the – the, the press conference the following Tuesday, uh, just sort of perplexed about the whole thing and saying, maybe let's not do that next time. Yeah, they should. I mean, even I'm not counting David Brown out entirely. I, no, I and, I, and, I, and, I, and I didn't mean to, I, I don't mean as a total knock, but I think just those are, that's what happened last year. He just got hurt repeatedly. Um, right. and, and the style he plays at, you were just vulnerable to not having another, another option. If 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 he was if you were putting all your chips with Devin Brown, and I don't know if, if they could afford to do that, just based on based on his track record and based on the injury history. Put him and Trevion in a padded room. I think there's still an injury. Oh, the oh, you had to go there. You had to go. <laughs> how, about, how about how about this? Um, That's why they hate us? How many? Know, the spring the spring game the spring practice is going to be interesting <laughs> in terms of quarterback because just talking to people. It seems like if it's Will Howard, and I know burn the ships, I know Devin Brown says he's here to stay, and maybe he is. But, you know, if you know you're not the guy and then you've got these freshmen coming up behind you who are highly touted, I could see Devin Brown entering that portal and probably maybe Lincoln Keenholz too. Uh, I don't know if that's a prediction, but I think we can all kind of see that as a, as a distinct possibility. Yeah, well, let's let's see how the spring plays out. They'll know. Well, that's By what the I said. Spring, they'll know. They'll know. Well, so I think part of part of the calculation, I'm sure, for Brown and Keenholz will be how Nolan and and say and look behind them because Will Howard's only going to be the starter at Ohio State, but at most one season. So if you're in Devin Brown's position, you have three years of eligibility left in college football. You could wait uh, and and uh, one year behind Will Howard and be the backup, but you have to be sure you could be the starter and. And twenty five, so that's that's that'll be the dilemma for for Devin well, Brown. I would agree with that, but one thing Bill's mentioned earlier, and it's it's an interesting little tidbit, is that Bill O'Brien was not afraid to start Hackenberg as a what true freshman at Penn State. Yeah, so he also didn't have but many. I options. know that I know, but he's got a history. Some coaches would be absolutely not. We'll play some other guy before we do that, and he 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 played a true freshman, uh, a highly touted. If you remember, Hackenberg was oh, really, he's a five star guy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, going into not to get too ahead of ourselves, but going into the 2025, those freshmen, I don't know. We'll see. But, but quarterback in college football is a year to year proposition. It absolutely. There's no, there's almost no mm-hmm. point in even looking ahead to 2025. May not even be year to year. It might be portal to portal. Well, yeah, maybe. But, but uh, I mean, would anyone have said a year ago the quarterback for Ohio State 2024 is going to be Will Howard? I mean, that just seemed like. Who? I mean, there would they, no they, way. They, but that's no. that changes so fast. Well, especially, they especially of, now. They were tired of having Mo Howard, <laughs> who went to Syracuse. Oh boy, that won't even that won't even that won't even resonate with the younger. younger we're shaking people. our heads. This is an audio podcast. We're shaking our heads though. We're on Zoom. They treat, and we're not Mo Howard for Will Howard. I think that's an update. Yeah, explain who Mo Howard was. Oh, we don't need to. What were you going to say, Joey? Uh, I'm I'm now waiting to learn about Mo Howard. Do you know who Mo Howard is? Uh, no. One of the Three Stooges. Well, I didn't know him by his last name. Do you know the Three Stooges? Have you heard of the Three Stooges? <laughs> I do. I do know the Three Stooges. Curly uh, and Curly Joe. For the record, I was for the record, 
I was pro Kyle McCord until I wasn't. Well, I'm glad that's duly noted. On it's, the it's always what AD say about the coaches. They always support the coaches until they, they <laughs> no longer support the coaches. <laughs> you, you gave the vote of confidence, the, the dreaded Rob Aller vote of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Will Howard. I liked, like, we've already covered it. Joey nailed it. They just, they just sort of have a presence. All these guys they brought in. Now, we didn't get we didn't get uh, Saiyan. Uh, no, he's a freshman. Well, right. But still, yeah, yeah. and he's a transfer in technicality, but I think in spirit they uh, they yeah. see him as a freshman. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he, is, he is a freshman. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if he changes the, your your calculus for for twenty four. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I think that just about does it. We also we didn't even talk about the Jim Harbaugh stuff, uh, which is he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I'll say the two biggest the, the two big, the two big possible. The two biggest things that happened for Iowa State in January were probably Nick Saban retiring and Jim Harbaugh leaving. Saban, because yeah. uh, his retirement allowed Caleb Downs to, to transfer to Ohio State. And Jim Harbaugh obviously lives a, a big hole in Ann Arbor and, and changes the, the rivalry. So uh, a, lot of news, a lot of news, a lot of changes elsewhere that, that have affected. We like change. We like change in this business. Something new to write about always. Yep. There is never yep. a shortage of things to write about at Ohio State. Thanks for Bye. listening, everyone, and, and joining the Buckeye Extra podcast. Stay tuned to Dispatch.com for more coverage throughout the year. Ohio State content. I was thought Rob was going to say something. Goodbye. And uh, Rob seemed like he was itching to. Goodbye, everyone. Be sure and subscribe to the Buckeye Extra podcast in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on Stitcher.